Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It's a Mean Green Nation podcast, and welcome to it. With me as usual, if we can even dine to say that there is a usual, Mr. Aldo Vigna, how are you doing this fine evening? Doing good. I almost forgot it was football season, college football season. <laughs> yeah, there's been a month break. It's ridiculous. It is quite ridiculous. Um, well, I, I say that, and it sounds like I'm complaining, right? Like, oh, I can't believe they don't have my favorite sport. When are they going to play? I mean, in actuality, right, you know, people are sick out there in El Paso. I know the uh, the crazy AD and stuff. They're just like, what? What's So people are hospitalized. What of it? Let's play some football. Let's get it going. Um, so they're a little crazy. Uh, and last week, Conference USA had four of six games postponed or canceled or rescheduled whatever you want to call it. like the actual event was canceled right if you showed up to the stadium and you're like where are the football players it was canceled the matchup was postponed right you know like they rescheduled the matchup there will be hopefully a you know x versus y game later on but that event on that day like if you bought a ticket and you're like it says right here november what first or seventh or whatever there was no game that day that game was not held so that was canceled Anyway, just a little, little, I've been perturbed. People are like, was it canceled or postponed? Which one was it? Like, it's always canceled. The event was canceled. Uh, the matchup is postponed, but whatever. Um, how have you been taking this hiatus? Well, um, I've watched more NFL than I've ever watched probably in the last three years combined, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I, I needed something to replace it with and so the only, the close next closest thing was was NFL football I don't really watch too much of of the other leagues and you know I think Big Ten started up recently yeah and maybe the pack pack none or whatever <laughs> and uh so yeah it, it, I couldn't do the other leagues and so I just reverted back to NFL that makes sense I think everybody's kind of found something all across the board right uh sports wise Ratings are down. Um, you know, I think uh, famously on the internet, which, which means nobody else knows about it. Um, there's a guy on the Athletic who wrote about like the NBA being down. He's like, "Oh, is it because they're getting too woke?" And they're like, "No, but buddy, everybody across everything is down. Like nobody's been up. Nobody is approaching any other numbers except the NFL. But I think that's just because the NFL has been the only one that's been really unaffected, right?" Sunday at 3 o'clock. Right, look, more consistent. Yeah, Sunday at 3 o'clock, the Cowboys are losing, just like they always have, right? For the last 25 years, Cowboys <laughs> are losing again. <laughs> and then uh, MLB was down as well by a lot. Yeah. I mean, even for me, like, I was, I was trying not to react to those numbers, and I just, you know, usually if it's the World Series, I'm going to watch it. Um, you know, NHL, Stanley Cup. Uh, finals. I'll try to watch it. Less so now in the last like five, ten years. But I, you know, like just the normal things. I'll watch those things. But I did not watch not one World Series game for the first time in I would say like twenty something years. I, I, like I just, yeah. It would just it just I didn't happen. Catch yeah. one. Yeah, like it just happens. But it, it didn't happen. And uh, you know, like I said, I think a lot of that is because of our daily lives. Um, I, I was thinking about it like, uh, where have, you know, where have I seen some NBA playoff games? Well, I'd be out in my rec league soccer game or something, rec league basketball, 
we'd go get a drink afterward, talk about how, you know, I need to work on my jumper or something, whatever, you know, like, God, you really can't dribble. <laughs> and, you know, I'm kind of watching the game, you know, or something like, man, look at, look at Doncic do that step back. He's almost as good as me in the, um, you know, stuff like that. And I think those kind of spontaneous things that didn't really happen. I didn't talk about the world series with anybody, not at work. It just, none of that's there. So I don't really feel like anybody should feel bad about, I don't know, not getting into a normal routine. Um, it has been a little bit weird being without North Texas football though. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you, you think about, okay, I can deal with one game off. It's like a bye week. Yeah. Uh, I, I can, I can deal with that. You can still think about the team and still talk and talk smack on Twitter or whatever. But then, cause you actually, you know, since it's UAB week, UAB is pretty good at talking smack. Uh, so I'll go give them credit there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's then another week, and you're like, oh come on, okay, let's don't do this to me. And then another week, and and so it's it's been uh, um, it, you you tune out, and so the 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 school has to be able to kind of like reel people back in, and it's been tough. It's been tough. Yeah, I mean, just everybody's like normal routines thrown off, so. Yeah, like you said, usually on those bye weeks, um, that's the time where maybe you're like, hey, well, I don't, I don't want to say like if people think this way, but you're like, I don't have to watch, say, you know, the North Texas game. That's not going to be my number one priority. So I can instead watch whatever, right? Maybe instead of that time, now you're like, well, you know, heard Mississippi State's good. Maybe I'll put that one on or whatever, whatever the case may be. Or maybe <laughs> you're just like, you know what, hun? Today. It's all about you. Whatever you want to do from 6 to <laughs> six to 9 p.m. when North <laughs> Texas normally be playing. You want to watch? Well, watch you know, Sleepless in Seattle or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> you had me at hello. Yeah. yeah just say, all right, I'll watch Is that it. the wrong movie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the movies. I can say it still. But that that's the time. <laughs> okay. And I know that's very 1990s, you know, you know guys uh, hate romantic comedies kind of joke. But that's true. It's more like, yeah, this is a movie that you've seen a thousand times, hon. And yet you're like, when are we going to watch it? We'll watch your favorite movie. I'll sit here. We'll watch that one. Because I'm not going to be tweeting about, you know, uh, 20-year-old wide receivers not making perfectly <laughs> timed out routes. Um, but, yeah. so That's a good point because outside of sports yeah there's been a lot of more consumption of because usually you know when you're we're binge watching tv it's like okay let's watch something comfortable let's watch the office for the sixth time or something like that but now we're doing like a the first rewatch of community that we've ever done since it first was on tv we watched it on the air yeah uh i'm playing more video games it's it's this you know it's i don't want to call it a different routine it's just more filler i want something new which would have been football games, but now it's TV, video games, this and that stuff with the kids. Yeah, I know everybody has made like the comment about how like uh, it was just that famous joke from uh, the Daily Show, right? Where he's like, "Well, closes the laptop. That was a tough work week. Time for the weekend." So he just jumps to the other other end of the sofa and opens up his laptop. Like, "Oh man, weekend time." Um, that is <laughs> what it really feels like, right? You're like, "Well," um, or like at least for us. Like TV watching time was like Saturday night. Like, hey, well, let's let's catch up on. We'll let the kids stay up a little bit later in their room, watch you know whatever their favorite show they want to watch. You know, uh, another Ice Age movie or something, and we'll watch a movie in our room, right? 
something that has a lot of curse words and I don't know naked people in it or something. I don't know. You know the stuff that you can only watch <laughs> when there's no kids in the room. Um, is find the rated R's uh, and uh, Adam After Dark. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Sunday night, you know, only watch, like, some HBO or, or, like, the Showtime stuff or just whatever, right? Those are the times we catch up on those things. And then occasionally you have, like, a long weekend. You're like, you know, like you said, let's do some binge watching. Or, like, during the week, he's like, hey, is everybody in bed? All right, let's watch another episode of whatever now, um, you know, right before you go to sleep. That's kind of how we were doing things. So that was a normal life routine. Well, we've used all those up. Like, we've kind of tore through. And I know everybody's like, there's just so much to watch. But even then, you're just like, I don't know how many, you know, uh, anti-hero drama cop shows I can watch. I don't know how many superheroes. Like, they're all the same. Like, I, I rewatched Constantine the other night. Like, I was like, well, I haven't seen Constantine in a long time. Let's see what's up. Let's see if Keanu Reeves, like, he plays a guy named John. What do you know? What's new? Nothing is new. <laughs> same thing. Watched all the John Wicks already. You know what I mean? Just, you know. So say all that to to be like um it's been sad <laughs> without north texas football uh and yeah like mm-hmm. it, it it has been a disconnected season right like if you think because it is entertainment right but that's the whole thing it's a spectacle like if you go back to the original you know kind of pull of it they're like hey our team's gonna play their team you guys want to come out and watch like that sounds like a great afternoon to you know we'll go do that let's do it and then it became a big thing, and then you can kind of build your weekend around it, and people build their lives around it. Some people build their careers around it. And, um, you know, fast forward like 100 years, here we are today, and you have to kind of block it out. The normal rhythms of the season are like, what's it going to be like? Oh, are we doing good? Are we underperforming relative to expectations? And then you just kind of follow along the human drama there. But it's just like a break, right? It's not, like you said, it's not like, hey, uh, we're not going to, have a new episode this week it's gonna be a month four weeks later you're like so who are these characters again who are we watching like uh who is this guy again the guy that's wearing a mask on his chin is that the head coach is that what he said what is his deal again you know <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a mid-season break is yeah. what it was yeah, exactly so we need like a previously on north texas football uh where are we right we are uh are we underperforming? Is that basically where we where we are? We're five games into the season. We had a, I guess you could call that Houston Baptist win impressive, but there's a lot of people concerned about our defense. So, um, unimpressive win with Houston Baptist. Would is that how you would rank it? If you want to think back in your life, thinking back on it, it, it was really positive feeling that day. I mean, there was some reticence but i wouldn't say a disappointing win it was still still a good win Ooh, breaking out the word reticence i like it <laughs> i was trying to figure out because there was there was some it, if i want to keep this like in tv talk there was some foreshadowing before the next few games but i wasn't yeah. really sure what that was yeah I, I had to bring up the schedule again just because I, I i did not trust my memory <laughs> At this point in time. So, yeah, 57-31 winners. Notable because Jason Bean was the quarterback in that one. Uh, they put up a school record, right? But we're like, okay, Houston Baptist, cool. It, it's more like a glorified preseason game. Uh, the big game was against SMU. Fall flat in their face. Jason Bean gets pulled. Austin Ani becomes a dude. 
Uh, North Texas loses 35-65. We have gigantic questions about the defense. Okay. Then, something like a reprieve. Um, Houston, that game gets postponed on the 26th of, of September. Uh, okay, fine. We maybe are like, okay, they were going to whoop us. Maybe it's better that we play a Southern Miss that just fired their head coach. Nope. Scotty Walden, who ended up leaving. Did you hear that? He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be the head coach at. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I'm gonna be the head coach at uh, Austin P. Guys, uh, deuces, and he left. He leaves. I, I gotta. I'll save that for like the last ten minutes of the show. I'm just gonna just kind of dump on that. But uh, so he leaves. North Texas loses that one, forty-one, thirty-one. Again, unimpressive. Um, you know, Frank Gore's junior. Uh, you know, he's out there running all over us. Uh, uh, all over us. They had their best running performance of the season. Them being Southern Miss. A uh, week later, Charlotte at home. We lose twenty-one forty-nine, and if you're keeping count, that is three straight home losses for the North Texas Mean Green. Forty-nine twenty-nine. Uh, Charlotte pretty much dominate start to finish. Uh, you know, Austin Ani he throws for three TDs and three hundred eighty-two yards, but again, unimpressive all all the way through. I think at the time we're like, well, there was those two drives there where. We got him to third down. Wasn't that impressive? Shouldn't we really be ha- happy about it? You know. Uh, and then finally, um, a week later, and uh, this is why we, I think there's like that cloud of, hey, everybody feels good. Another dominating win, 52 to 35. But, um, well, I guess high level, Jason being dominated, right? 12, 17, 181 yards, two scores, but 169 yards rushing, including two. 48-yard runs. He had three TDs. I think he was like Offensive Player of the Week for the nation or something like that. Uh, But I think what's important to note here is that North Texas started the first quarter down 21-7. So, looming, like you said, foreshadowing. You know what I mean? It's like the, the evil hasn't been overcome. We just beat Middle Tennessee, who are not good at this football game. Um... That's about sums it up. Uh, do you feel ready for the UAB Blazers of Birmingham? Well, after a month's break, I mean, I feel I certainly feel ready. And I hope the team is ready because uh, it's going to be a, a tough, tough game. They're the defending. Um, they're defending West champs. Uh, FAU obviously are the defending uh, league champs, but. Um, Back-to-back defending West champs. That's the the note about UAB to, to consider. They're still the same team. Like, if you haven't played co- uh, paid close attention to them recently or, or like, the last couple of years, or you only care about them when they play us. Uh, a little history. 2017, they came to Denton. North Texas beat them. We are blowing them out. They came back. Right? There was a little comeback. Uh, they scored late. We needed, uh, like, a big return. And uh, we we got that um, that Jeff Wilson like twenty five yard run to set us up for a short field goal to win it basically at the buzzer, and they held a lot of uh, like a lot of grudge feelings about it. So then we went over there the next season. That was a year that North Texas was really good and had only trailed all season by like uh, by like two seconds or something like that. And that was a loss against Tech. Um, so North Texas loses that game after being up at halftime. I think it was like twenty, 
what was it, 30, 28 to, 28 to 7 or something like that? We're up by like something 2 or 3. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they come back, they beat us. Um, you know, Mason Fine famously like fumbles at the five yard line. Uh, they scooped it up. Just a lot of stuff. We we couldn't stop their run game. Their defense was bullying us. Our offense got held in check in the second half. I don't think we scored at all. And so we lose a big one that pretty much kicked us out of the West contention uh, race. Okay, last year they came. They beat us in the final game of the season. It was a final one, right? Um, one of the final games. I forget. And uh. There's not really much to say about it, but they, they just really whooped up on Mason Fine. Beat him up, sacked him a bunch of times. Not good. I think it was the uh, Thanksgiving weekend game. Yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, so, like, what does all that mean? Well, in those three, four years that I just described to you, they've been in every game. UAB has been, right? Like, they've whooped us. They've given us a hard time. Even though we won one, they came all the way back and they were like that close from beating us um and that was like in their like the return year um you know like they, they're still tough they like to run the ball their defensive line is dominating i don't think this year they're as good as they have been but they're still good right and and for this league that's you know good enough to win they did lose back-to-back games coming off two losses they lost against uh was it they ranked were they ranked for a second ull uh Louisiana Lafayette. Yep. Uh, and they had a pretty solid offense. I was looking it up earlier. They averaged like four or five yards per carry or per play. I forget which I was looking at. Um, basically, they had a good offense. They f- faced UAB and they went all the way down. They couldn't move the ball against UAB, but they still won in Birmingham, which is a, an accomplishment. Uh, and then last week, Louisiana Tech hosted UAB and won in double overtime. That game was weird because, like, UAB was allowing big plays, something I'm excited about. I think there are opportunities there. But UAB kind of grinded it. They, they were winning. Maybe uh, you talk to a, U, a Louisiana Tech fan, they're like, we got robbed, the rest are against us. If you talk to a UAB fan, they're like, we got robbed, the rest are against us. The, the fact is it was a little bit sloppy both ways. Um, I think... <laughs> UAB really didn't have any any business keeping Tech in that game. They had no business losing that game. But I think that's evidence that they're vulnerable. They're not that good. In any other league, any other version of this league, they would be clearly second best. But, hey, the whole league is terrible this this season outside of Marshall. And like I said, UAB. But I think UAB's a, a good ways, right? They're clearly second best. What does that mean? Does that give you confidence there? No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> looking at... Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, because, you know, we uh, we lost to Southern Miss, which we should have won that one. They were giving us every single... Because they're a really bad team. They were giving mm-hmm. us every single opportunity to, to win that game, yeah. even after we had, what, four turnovers. T- turnovers. LaTeX, as he said, not great. Um, but they still came back and, and won that game. And that, you know, every, every, I feel like every team, every season has a game that they'll lose. Even if they're good, they'll have a game that they'll lose that sh- they shouldn't have lost. And that would have been the La Tech game that, that you would be lost. So uh, I don't think we're going to need a lot of luck on top of talent in this game to to come out with the win. I, I agree. I, I think, you know, like you think about your team, 
make it, obviously the performance could be like the range of performance, right? Like they just have the game of their lives where the guy would just Jason Bean's complete and everything, and then he could play the worst game ever. Um, and it's I don't even think it's an average. I think it's kind of like that. That was it a mode, right? The like the most often repeating piece of data and a set of data is that what it is i forget yeah uh mm. my point yeah I, it makes me think of the like the father of like time-based work studies right Let, let's see how you're making widgets and you gotta like stamp them um they they said okay let's let's time you and we'll get the lowest repeatable time not like the fastest you ever did it because maybe you just had some coffee and you just energized or maybe later on you're tired and you know you're just like oh, i'm tired already but just the one that you can hit the most, and that'll be the standard, right? The lowest repeatable time. Now, what the hell am I talking about? Um, I feel like that is, like, the performance we got to figure out. Like, I think that Middle Tennessee game was a little bit on the edge of their performance, their, their abilities, North Texas, I mean. So what is, like, the best repeatable performance we can get out of this team? I think it's, like... I don't think I don't think Jason Bean's gonna have three, you know, fifty yard runs against them. But I think he's gonna have like, you know, he's gonna have a little ten, eight yard run here and there. Um I don't think Jalen Darden's gonna get ten grabs on thirteen targets, but I think he can get, you know, five to seven grabs on ten targets. And, you know, I think there'll be a couple of drives in there where they can score and you know, there will be opportunities. You're watching uh, Louisiana Tech's two quarterbacks who are not really that good. Uh, they have a lot of talent issues. They moved the ball against UAB. And some of that was like, UAB was like, I can't believe they're going to throw this ball. What? And then, you know, the guy caught it. I, I wrote the piece today, and uh, you could see uh, one of their quarterbacks, I forget which one it is. The Tech dude just kind of threw it up against two high safeties. Touchdown, right? The guy caught it. And you're just like, that shouldn't have happened. But it did happen. <laughs> and so then I think about that, like, okay, Jason Bean could definitely do everything the same way on that same play. Um, maybe the only thing that's not repeatable from that performance is that I don't know that our line is better than the Louisiana Tech line. However, Louisiana Tech has a lot of injuries on their line, so maybe they are comparable. And that's kind of where I'm basing this off, like, do, will there be opportunities? Yes. Will North Texas score 58 your points? No. Can they get thirty? No, uh, yeah, but maybe. Yeah, I think I think their range is between thirty and forty points against UAB, and this is not a knock on UAB. UAB is one of the best defenses in the country. They've got awesome run uh, and pass defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, their pass defense is pretty elite, uh, especially considering Conference USA standards. So, passing against them is going to suck a lot. Uh, so Bean will regress, but um, you know our line may not be as good as other lines, but I think they've been run, run blocking really well. Mm-hmm. And if we get Attaway back, especially after all this time, I think that will be a big boon. Um, Attaway and DeAndre Torrey has has some great uh, metrics behind him as well in the nation, and so we've been doing a really good job to give these running backs opportunities, giving bean opportunities. So if anything happens, it's going to be on the ground against UAB. Um, both because, uh, um, how well we've been playing on the ground, but also because that, uh, 
we're going to be limited on passing opportunities because UAB is so good at pass defense. You know, we might break a couple of big, big gainers over the air, in the air, through the air. Uh, but I think if we have any chance of winning this game, Latrell's going to have to scheme up something really good on the ground against. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm a, I love the passing game, but uh, we're going to have to win on the ground against UAB. I feel. Yeah, I think the the game's going to come down to can we get some clutch yards when we absolutely need them. And there are moments um, in like even the Middle Tennessee game where it looked kind of shaky. We're like, ah. I think everybody's tweeting about the one where, like, wow, Bean really needed to look right. He had the guy open. Stuff like that, right? Like, UAB will put you in more situations like that where you're like, I got to make the right decision in, like, two seconds, half a second. Uh, there was a little bit of a talent disparity uh, between North Texas offense and the Middle Tennessee defense where there were more, uh, just more opportunities to fail, right? You got just a wider range of of outcomes, right? You're like, well, if I cut it up here... I just got to outrun this guy, and that's kind of it. Maybe this is not the best cut to make, but it doesn't matter because that guy's not fast enough to catch me. Um, against UAB, it's like, well, these guys are all shedding blocks. They're all in the right lane. So the guy I need to beat is right here, and it's not going to be whether or not I'm going to get 15 yards or 25 yards. It is whether or not I'm going to get two yards or four yards. right? And those little things kind of add up. You get beat up throughout the game. All that said, like you like you mentioned, like Louisiana Tech does they you know they they're like leading the league in passing right now, but a lot of that is because they cannot run the ball. Um, we are the best offense in terms of passing. Uh, I think yards per attempt. Um, I don't think we are in, in QB rating, but yards per attempt. North Texas is leading the league, uh, and that's with two quarterbacks. Right, we're, we're yanking them back and forth, say you suck, buddy, get out this game. Uh, but we're still leading the league. In passing yards, right? And uh, I think it was like 30, 338 yards per game or something. Um, going off the top of my head. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, I'll just nod. See, that's how good mm-hmm. I am, ladies and gentlemen. See, and <laughs> and what's, what's crazy is that we are number two. We are, and I'm looking at it right in front of me, Louisiana Tech uh, is at 1,697 yards in seven games. We're 1,693 yards, so four yards behind in five games. Yeah. So we've got a pretty potent offense, all things considered. Yep. And then uh, I think we're like at 250 per game rushing the ball or something like that, 255 or something like that. I think it's what it is. Uh, is that what it is? You looking it up? I'm, internet's going <laughs> slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, 255 per game. Look at that, man. Uh, you guys are not appreciating the feats of, of skill and performing here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're we're, we're really – we can move the ball. We have the best offense. So I think when we're getting a little excited about UAB, like if you want to get excited, like, look, dude, I don't want the realism. Just give me the hype. Like, so I can talk, tell myself this stuff as I'm drinking another Shiner, getting ready for the game that maybe is going to take place. Right. And we'll talk about the maybes in a second. Uh, well, here, here's what it is, right? You want to talk yourself into it. North Texas has the best offense in the league, right? Jason Bean is closer to have, having figured it out than he was, week two against SMU, right? Like, he knows what's at stake. He knows what he needs to do. He's already sat on the bench. He's already looked behind. He's already had to live through the, you know what? If I get another chance, I'm going to shine, baby. I'm going to shine like the sun. And, you know, he did. He outran everybody. He made some of those little decisions that were like, that's that's a win and make uh, a game-winning type decision. 
the one who's running uh, his first 48-yard run. He's running toward the sideline. He looks up and says, nope, put my head down. Let me get this touchdown, right? That's the difference. That's the, that could be a game, right? Because anything could happen in the next play. Bad snap, uh, you know, twisted ankle. Uh, guy fumbles the ball. You know, you don't get to score. So if you have an opportunity to score, you know, you score, right? The classic line from Die Hard, right? The next time you have a chance to kill somebody, don't hesitate, right? It, but it, except like for scoring touchdowns. <laughs> um, so that that's that's the good part, right? UAB they're struggling. They're not the same kind of guy. They have a terrible pass game. Uh, what is this dude, Bryce Lucero? Is it Bryce Lucero? What's his name? He has a B Y something first name. Something Lucero. Stat <laughs> Cruz. Hey, I don't know how to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like YouTube is down. So, like, I mean, if YouTube's down there worldwide, yeah, <laughs> everything's down. Bryson Lucero. Bryson there Lucero, you go. yeah. So, that dude, he has, uh, this is where I don't have my numbers right. I think he has, like, seven passing touchdowns and, like, eight interceptions or something like that. Is that right? God, I'm, mm-hmm. nobody, right. There's nobody in this room to appreciate how good I'm getting right. But, <laughs> so, he's, you know, like, and you watch him against Louisiana Tech. Uh, he's rolling out, staring guys down, like, I'm going to fire it in there. And then the guy's just like, uh, okay, interception. <laughs> like, I can't believe you just threw it right to me. Like, he was kind of surprised by <laughs> it. There's uh, some of that, but the what we have to do is shut him down in the run game, right? And so you're like, okay, can we do that? Well, we're starting the Murphy Twins out there, right? We're like, you know what? We're going to go talent over, like, size or, you know, positional fit. We just want to put our talented dudes, Murphy dudes, get on the end, we're going to get to these dudes, right? If they want to run the ball, cool. They can average five yards to carry, but when they drop back to pass, we're going to get to them or we're going to intercept the pass. Um, and, you know, I, I like that. We we also got uh, the other kid was at John Davis. We're like, you're going to start left corner. Uh, Deshaun Gaddy, we're putting him at, uh, like, safety or something like that. We kind of we move some guys around, right? You're going to go here. You're going to go there. Uh, we need, you know, we need guys that know the play. We need guys that can compete. And um, even though there's a little bit of uh, clown time, like, where's the ball? Oh, the guy's pass is going over my head. Touchdown. We'll probably get scored on. That's fine. But if we can get them to get in a game where we're just going to go up and down the field, I put my money on North Texas because we got Jalen Darden, the best receiver in the nation right now. Um, he Still, may- after yeah, yeah. four weeks off. 10 scores, uh, what does he have, 46 grabs or something like that, 683 yards or something like that. This part, I, I don't know for sure, but he has uh, 10 scores, I know that. Um, and, you know, he can score from anywhere. We got uh, uh, Deontay Simpson out wide. Uh, we got we have dudes, right? They may not be the best dudes, but we have dudes. And they can go score. They can make a play. Um you know, like that. I really, you said you listed it. Like Oscar Attaway's back there, DeAndre Torrey's back there, uh, Nick Smith on his day. You know, um, we have some dudes, and if we could just get out of our own way, not trip over ourselves. I just think about my kids. I have like four year old, right, and she's growing all the time. Uh, I swear, she's standing still and she'll trip over herself and fall. And I'm like, what? How? How does that happen? How do you do that? Same thing with like my two year old. Should be standing there and just fall over. That reminds me of North Texas football sometimes. We're like, we're, we would be so good and so safe if we just don't trip over ourselves or maybe look where we're going when we're walking, you know? 
but we don't and we trip and fall walk into the door like how did how did that happen um <laughs> and so you know like, like we had four weeks maybe we, we've built up a lot of confidence where we shake it off and we're like we're just so excited to play football again that we don't care that it's a uab and they they've beaten everybody uh especially conference usa foes and opponents there in in uh in their stadium we don't care because we are just excited to play right we don't care that seth latrell doesn't win in big games because we're just excited to play right and seth latrell's like you know what i'm just so excited to call plays i'm not going to overthink it and i'm just going to call my favorite play get jalen darden the ball right i'm not going to be clever I'm just going to call the get Jalen Darden play. It just says Jalen Darden. And he just says, Darden, Darden on three. And then <laughs> Jalen Darden just says, I'm going to be right here. It's like flag football. I just run around and we'll just try to find Throw him. the hand up. Yeah, that'll be the play. And that play will work because Jalen Darden is a baller. So there's your, yeah, you buy that. <laughs> you get a little bit so more. So that was your, your Mean Green Nation keys to the game. Um <laughs> See the the thing we need to do, which is <laughs> the thing, yeah. the things we need to do is is keep the running make them pass, yeah, and that's going to be tough to do. Yeah. Uh, that that means we have to score ahead of them. You know, put a couple scores up quick. Here's here's some stats for you. Our uh, time of possession is twenty five minutes per game. Twenty five minutes, and yet. We're still having, you know, we're scoring all kinds of points. We have all passing yards and rushing yards. We're very efficient when we have the ball. But that means the other team gets 35 freaking minutes with the ball, which is a lot um, to to do stuff with. Uh, UAB averages about uh, 32 minutes. That's because they run the ball a lot. They're not passing it. They run it a lot, and they're really good at running it. North Texas is really, really bad at at stopping the ball. So I'm thinking... Uh, their running backs are going to score three or four times uh, on the ground, which we shouldn't panic. It's a lot. We shouldn't panic. If we can also, <laughs> if they score points, we should also score points, and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll be okay. Uh, as long as we can keep ahead and then make them uh, get out of rhythm and force them to pass, I think I think that's the only way we can get out of this game with the, with the win. If we can't do that, if we can't make them pass, force them to pass then then you know it's gonna be over quick yeah maybe maybe what we do right is we let him run for a 70 yard run right tire him out hopefully he pulls his hamstring <laughs> gets out the game now what are you gonna do now buddy you scored your touchdown but your best guy's tired right you know that's how we do it um it's the secret formula <laughs> yeah it's like the rope dope except it's gonna be you know 78 to 79 <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I that that's it, right? And like, you know, those are the hyper partisan uh, biased keys of the game. <laughs> Mean Green Nation keys of the game. We're just gonna <laughs> be so good. Uh, but like, realistically, is yeah, we don't really have a defensive line that can hang with their offensive line. As you mentioned, Southern Miss ran all over us, right? They're not that good. I think the most similar team in terms of style is probably Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte does a little bit more like uh, like quirky offensive stuff, and they have a better quarterback, I think. But they're very similar in terms of like uh, what they want to do, uh, formations, kind of moving the guys around. Uh, and Charlotte made us look bad, right? They just ran all over us. They did what they want. Yeah, we had opportunities. 
um, and things, and I think we'll have opportunities in this one. Uh, there are moments in every game where the defense doesn't look awful, but we get in our own way, right? It was like, well, we really had an interception and we dropped it, right? Or knocked it off our face mask or something, or committed a penalty in a silly moment, whatever the case may be. Um, all those things are part of the game. All those things are part of winning football. You got to clean those up, right? You can't just say, oh, well, but for X, Y, Z, I was, I was the winner. No, you got to, to win, you have to do all the things. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I was talking about like most repeatable thing in, I don't know how many plays they run per game, but let's say like 50 plays in those 50 offensive plays that they run from scrimmage or something. How many of those can we definitely say we can stop them from getting five yards, right? That is the essence of football. That That's it. And I don't know. I think that more often than not, let's say 60, 70% of the time, they're going to get five yards. And it's not even five yards, right? On, on first and 10, you just want three yards, four yards, right? You get it. Okay, cool. Second and, you know, six or second and, and, uh, and seven, you get three yards again right now it's third and three right or third and four that's that's third and manageable right so you're like all right this time they get five yards well you've only stopped them from you stopped them in in three tries from getting five yards two times right two times out of three you stop them from getting five yards but the one time they got that five yard or six yard gain it was when they needed four and so then it doesn't matter right or vice versa like you stop them you stop them uh, you know, they got five and they got four and then they get two. You're like, well, I stopped them from getting f- uh, five yards twice again on this one. Yeah. But when they needed uh, just the one yard, you let them get two. Right. So it it's obviously situational. I'm not, and I'm not telling anybody anything here, but it's about stopping them when you need them to. On first down, they have to be held to four or less yards. Can that happen? I don't know. Uh, they run it really well, and that's usually where they get four yards. On second down, you have to hold them to, you know, four or less again. Can you stop them from doing so? I don't know. And then third down, whatever the down and distance is, that's where you got to stop them. Um, you know, like this this season, we we make huge mistakes. Uh, guys are not paying attention. Uh, they, they don't know the thing. They don't know the play. I said the thing. Um, just a note. When you... Go ahead. I'll let you comment on on what I just said, and then I want to make a note about something I've been reading and that I tweeted about. <laughs> so, with with regards to to play, sorry, the, there was an awkward pause there. Yeah. Uh, with regards to the plays, uh, yeah, we we won what four hundred five plays. Uh, mm-hmm. That is eighty one plays per game. That is that's quite a that's quite a lot. Um, I just think, you know, I've always liked UAB's playing style uh, and scheme. Uh, Bill Clark does some interesting things. I've mentioned before in the podcast that sometimes he'll run seven linemen mm-hmm. uh, and he'll put linemen in the backfield and it'll they'll be a lead block or sometimes they'll take a pass. Uh, they'll mix it up. They'll, they'll uh, package their, their plays up really, really nicely and creatively. So, so credit to them for, for, for doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, plain and simple, I just don't think we have the ability to stop them on the ground. And, and um, we're not going to be able to 
catch up because their defense is so good. Their defense is better than their than their offense, and that's saying something. Um, as bad as their passing game is, I will be very surprised if we come out with the win. And uh, I know I'm 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 go- we're going away from the key, keys to the game to a very <laughs> pessimistic outlook. But yeah, real talk. We are just not. Uh, we we can't break through their their defense. Or maybe maybe it's been all a mirage. You know, they haven't played that great of, of teams this this season so far. Yeah, yeah the best team they played has been Louisiana Lafayette. They haven't played anybody that's as good as North Texas offensively. But what does that mean? I mean, so, you know, so like, we're, <laughs> we're leaning closer again to to the optimistic side, well, and it, and so. Well, it, it's more like we. I, I totally agree with you, right? Because I don't think I, I think that their defense is disciplined enough uh, and talented enough, and they are talented in specific areas where we're weak at offensively, right? They have a good uh, defensive line, they have a good secondary. Um, so I think where we have strengths, even if you say they cancel each other out, like North Texas is not going to score fifty, right? We're averaging what are we averaging per game? Um, Thirty nine. Yeah, so say our mm-hmm. average, right? Are we going to average more than that based on that? Probably not. Will we reach our average? Maybe. But let's say they hold us to like 80% of our average, right? So which is what? I don't know, 30, 31, something like that. Is that an unreasonable amount of points for us to score? No. If we scored 31 against them, we'd be like, well, that's a pretty good offensive bounty. We'll probably complain about the three or four drives that we didn't score. Really got to complete that pass. Or, oh, that was a big key to the game there. But 31 points is a perfectly serviceable amount of points in 2020 football, right? Like that's a great offensive uh, output, but can we stop them? Right? They're, they're not scoring a whole lot of points, but we are basically, we're the opposite of that. We don't hold teams. We hold teams to 110% or 120% of their output, right? Like if you came in averaging 30, well, you're going to score 45, right? That's just what happens. You come in averaging 20, all of a sudden, your offense looks like it's going to be clicking today. So that's the problem, that as bad as their pass game looked, I mean, Asha O'Hara had, was having the best game of his career through the first and second quarters last time. Like He had never thrown three touchdowns against zero interceptions in his career until he played North Texas 2020 football defense, right? That's when he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, look at me, just throwing touchdowns. Look at me, Mom. I'm a Brett Favre. You know, it's it's like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, Bryce, no. Bryson, Bryce, sorry, Bryson Lucero, Bryce, Bryce, whatever, Lucero, B dot Lucero. Um, you know, he hasn't played well, but all of a sudden he's gonna look like Joe Montana out there because that's what we do to people, right? We should make, we should call up all their mamas and be like, well, I know you wanted your son to look real good. <laughs> Score some touchdowns, so well, be sure to tune into the North Texas game. Good. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm afraid of happening. Uh, is that you know as bad as UAB's passing game has been or is, that they'll look excellent against ours, and we'll give them a glimmer of hope in that arena. But UAB's defense—they've been allowing 23 points per game. If we hit 30, if we hit 35, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah. That means we're doing something. We're exploiting. Uh, and and we're moving the ball really well. Yeah, I would uh, say that I would our, say that that twenty three they're averaging that's it's skewed a little bit just because they played some poor offenses again. The best offenses they they've played are what 
Louisiana Lafayette in Miami, right? That's it. That's what we'd say. Uh, everybody else is garbage. Western Kentucky, garbage. Uh, who else did they play? I forget off the top of my head, but I know they're garbage. Uh, a lot. Tick. You said that. Uh, the. I'm and just going to go through the schedule. Yeah. Uh, UTSA. Garbage. Western Kentucky. Garbage. Montana. Yeah, just three. Looks like three um, conference games, four conference yeah. games. Yeah. And they're um, all, they they're play all terrible. Miami. Yeah. And again, like, so that Louisiana Lafayette game. That was a weird one. It was twenty to twenty-four. Okay, you're like, well, they, you know, they scored twenty-four points, held them down. That is an impressive game. Cool, right? Um, but I think we have more talent than Louisiana Lafayette. Like, yeah, they're a good team and blah blah blah. But again, just man for man along our offense, and, and then also scheme. Like whatever you want to say about Seth Luttrell, he is a good offensive coach. All his teams do produce good offense. We have talent across the receiver uh, unit, across the running back unit, and one of these two quarterbacks can throw for three touchdowns. Like we, we mentioned that before, right? Like We're like, oh, I'm really upset about Asanani's performance, but he's like leading the nation in passing touchdowns or the conference mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So it's a relative thing. By our standards, what we're seeing, we know there's issues, but we're producing, so... Have that there in your back pocket when you're feeling down, right? Like Daniel Tiger says, right? You know, just when you're feeling down, <laughs> just remember that our <laughs> offense is really good. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you, right? Wait, the thing is that we're going to give them a bump. So they're averaging, I don't know, what, 28 a game? Down, now that's going to be 35. So 35 to 31, they, they win. We lose. Game over, man. So I, I totally agree with you there. And we'll beat the spread. I think the spread is what, well, not the spread. The um, sixteen and a half. Or, yeah, sixteen and a half in favor of UAB. So yeah. it's it's a lot, uh, but I see it. I see it, especially if their defense holds us in check. Yeah. And then um, you also got, you can't forget that our our special teams is is you know who knows what the hell is happening over there, right? We can't kick a field goal, um, and we may not be able to return one. Um, we who knows. What's going on with our, our special teams unit on a given day? We 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 can't feel the ball and we can't feel the goal, so I don't know what what to do there. Yeah, we just should just go for it on fourth down. Just like, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah, we might as well. Um, so I was gonna I, I've been reading a book called The Field Guide to Understanding Human Error, and uh, I saw it on Twitter. This guy was saying that it's. He works in software development, and, it's, and even though the book is not necessarily, it isn't really about software development, it just helped him be a better software developer. I'm a software developer, so I was like, let me read this book. And, uh, you know, it's so far most of it, I've read about three quarters of it or something like that. Um, so far, most of it is, is, I find myself saying, I've been saying this stuff all along. And then other parts, I'm like, yeah, I've been kind of guilty of those kinds of things, so I could probably improve there. Um, and just to give you some context so that, that all of this is useful to you listening and, uh, without having read the book, it it basically says like, we have a tendency to assign blame, like whose fault was it? It was your fault. Fire him and everything will be better. Right. You can kind of hear this sometimes in coaches, it's just like a human tendency. Well, they're like, what were you doing? If you only would have executed the play the right way then my perfectly designed scheme 
which accounts for every variable, would have worked, right? Because we had it schemed up, buddy. You should have known that you let him go, you switch off, you have deep third, whatever the case is, right? And um, it talks about that, like, nobody shows up to work expecting to do a terrible job, right? You don't say, like, I can't wait to mess it up today. You know, nobody thinks that way, right? You're like, I'm going <laughs> to go never in. Know. You never know. <laughs> I mean, some of those people do that, and those that's a different case. The, the, you know, your typical work, like all these guys, right, they line up on the field. They want to go out there and make the best play, right? They want to execute. They want to make all the tackles. They want to make all the right reads. So when they fail to do that, instead of blaming them, like, why did they mess up our perfect system? You got to examine the system, right? And it talks about other things, whatever. And just it's a really good way of analyzing things. I think the the greater context is like this is a it's a book about like understanding why planes crash and stuff like that, right? A lot of times, like, well, it was a pilot error, um, and then what they found was like, well, why was he making this error, right? Why did he flip the wrong switch? Is the switch obvious enough given all the context? Like, what was he doing? Like, there's all these little factors because obviously it means a whole lot, right? It's lives and millions of dollars and people's reputations and laws and stuff. Um, they're like, okay, at the moment he's talking to this person and then he needs to make sure that that's communicated in time where, like, the snap judgment was like, the guy had plenty of time to turn the plane around. Why didn't he do it? It's his fault, failure. But at the moment, they're like, given the available clues, that were uh, the available data to him at the time, you can see how he thought he was making the right decision. He's like, I think it's this one based on everything available to me and whatever. I'm kind of mixing some of these analogies, but the, I totally recommend it. I think it's it's like 30 bucks on, uh, on Kindle, but it's totally worth it if you work in any kind of industry where you have to blame somebody or something like that or you design a system. Because, um, you know, like it, it also talks about stuff like that where it, I think we've seen it. You're a sports fan. When you hear the coaches, you see the quarterback come off the field and they're yelling at him like, what were you thinking? Throwing that pass. That was a stupid pass or whatever. And how he kind of kills the quarterback's confidence. Because, again, that dude didn't mean to throw an interception. He was not like, you know what? I know this play is designed to go to our best receiver, but I'm going to throw it to the to the linebacker. You know, like he didn't think that. Um, like you see the better coaches when they come off, they're like, all right, what were you seeing? And then the guy's like, all right, well, yeah, I saw they were in too high. I you know my next read is this dude. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. So maybe maybe he's giving them too much to read, right? They can analyze the system a little bit better. Like maybe we're giving you too much information to process in a moment where you can only process like a, a one decision, right? We're giving you three and you can only process one, whatever. Um, yeah, go ahead. That's a good point there. Uh, that's a good point about processing. And I think on offense, I think, I think we're good there. I think that that you know if you're you've been following like air raid stuff, they're very they're very simple keys that the quarterback reads quickly uh, after the snap. So snap, look at what the quarter cornerback's doing over here. Okay, that means I need to do this. It's quick, quick, quick. Um, on defense, I have I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> uh, and and what what you were saying uh, about you know a person going in and wanting to execute, um, you know, do the best job they can. I want to step, take a step back, and, and do you have confidence that the coaching staff, Seth Luttrell's coaching staff, can uh, prepare or at least scheme uh, on offense, on defense, to win out 
the rest of the season. We've got uh, four more games. I think I think I predicted us going three and eight um, um, for the year before the season started. Can we win three games with UAB, Rice, UTSA, and UTEP on the on the schedule? Three total games. Uh, so my question is is do you do you trust the the coaching staff to be able to prepare the team scheme against these opponents? Well, I I don't think that again that like Seth Luttrell does a really good game plan kind of thing. Like and some of that was again like kind of the air raid style. Like they will maybe bring in like maybe in certain situations you kind of do this or that. But generally speaking, a lot of it was just kind of executing process uh and so i'll answer your question uh not really but i don't think it's mighty necessary for the next four games like uab is tough just from a talent disparity we're just second best there rice they beat us to like towards the end of the season but i think they're beatable right they're a grinded out kind of team they're like uab in style and philosophy but i don't know that they have the horses um again it's, it's all about the north texas defense there like are they going to be bad if they're just they can just cancel out the other team and hold them to average? I think North Texas wins that just by the nature of their offense. Same thing with UTSA. Um, that's on the road. UTSA is not very good. They have injuries. I don't know. A handful of guys have COVID every week. It's it's very difficult to tell what kind of team they're going to be there. Um, yeah, you know, same Louisiana Tech. They've been decimated by COVID all across the world. They are more of a threat to out scheme us than we are out. Uh, are to outscheme them, but we've had success against them. Right, that team, that staff, we've seen that before, where we went to their house and beat them there, um, and you know they they barely beat us here, and you know like that kind of thing. We for whatever reason match up with their staff, right? We kind of see Seth Luttrell versus Skip Holtz a couple times, and we see that uh, some of it's just talent, some of it just playmaking, right? Um, so I'll call that a wash. UTEP. I think we just have the talent to overcome them. They're not very good at all. Um, and who knows where that game's going to be played. It might be played in, in you know, Midland, like uh, this other game's going to be. UAB versus UTEP in Midland, Texas, just like we always imagined. Did you hear about that? They're going to move that game. No, I think I think you were you were talking about uh, about that last podcast. Yeah. Um, so uh, does that answer your question? I don't I don't really see it. Uh, and you know, just a note about like, I guess, uh, cause that's the value, right? Like the air raid, like one of the, the things about it was that they simplified it. Cause you can have some of these bill wash offenses where you have a full sentence and a half of play calls, right? And just everything's really very prescribed, prescribed to you, right? Like, you know, waggle QB left X, right QB waggle, you know, dog, you know, on three and you're just, all those mean something, but the air raid says, hey, we can communicate everything you just said there in two words, right? Or just a signal where they just point one and you're like, okay, I know exactly what we're doing. And so it speeds things up for the offense because they can just say, cool, let's go look at the defense already. Like we're not just saying, okay, cool, break. And then the receivers are running out like, okay, they said trips left waggle and i know on waggle i'm supposed to step right turn whatever because the qb is going to do a little qb waggle on so you're thinking that whereas you're not really thinking about executing your assignment right and obviously 
Bill Walsh had success, right? Joe Montana to Jerry Rice, Steve Young to Jerry Rice. You know, it, it worked. A lot of people copied it, had a lot of success. But I think the the deal is like, well, how can we communicate these concepts quicker, right? Like, you know, we say mesh. When they, they just call mesh, It's they just run mesh. So they just run that scheme often. And so they don't spend time in practice saying, okay, when I say, what was it, the, you know, the spider 2 wide banana, like that, the, what's the name likes to say, right? When I say this, this is what I mean. And so then you're practicing translating the words to the play, right? Instead of just practicing the play. And so that's the idea is like, well, we have a limited amount of practice time. And we'll spend that time getting better at what we're going to be doing on game day, which is running the play. It allows them to run more plays and execute them. And there's a little bit, it's a little bit more complicated than that because then you add stuff to it. All right, everybody knows mesh. Now let's have mesh Y corner, right? That'll be the thing. I just say mesh, you know what to do, but now Y corner. Now instead of him doing a post, he does a corner. That's the only difference. So now when you say the play, you're just like mesh y, mesh corner. So everybody knows the play. You just communicated that complicated thing instead of, what the the West Coast version is, you add a tag at the end. So everything I said negated or whatever the case may be. But yeah, so I think yeah, yeah and that go ahead. I was I was just gonna add that yes, it's 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 air raid is is bundling up concepts where you've got mesh and then maybe you add uh, you know a scissors or a levels on top of that. And so, yes, to simplify how you're communicating these these concepts to the players. Okay, inside receivers, you're going to do the, the, the mesh. Outside receivers, you're going to do um, scissors, whatever. So ideally, and this is where I think Mike Leach struggles and, and some of these other guys, right? Because maybe they just believe so much that we just out-execute them. Like ideally, you can say, all right, well, we've got ahead of the game. We've installed the offense quicker than anybody else. We practiced the offense a ton, so now maybe we can just spend some practice time getting better situationally or game planning for this next team. Like we're gonna do some different things just for this team, right? When we call mesh, I don't know, mesh blazer, it's the special mesh play that we devised for the Blazers, right? For for UAB, I don't know that we get a lot of that, and I know also that North Texas has kind of switched, kind of gone away from a little bit air raid stuff, like philosophically speaking and got a little bit more art brile stuff but there's a lot of a lot of it's very similar in terms of practice uh just the plays are different whatever it's it, it the the underlying concepts of making it simpler to execute quicker are the same um but hey are they devoting enough practice time to game planning do they know what they got to do do they believe their players can execute those things i don't see it to to answer your question um we haven't seen it, right? We we've seen some adjustments. Like for me, it was like a big adjustment when we ran a lot more pistol uh, against Army way back when. But North Texas just kind of that's that's the offense they run now. Like, well, they just run. They run when they run. They run out of pistol, and that's it. Always looks the same. And so the question has been: Can they execute those things? Hit or miss. You know, we don't really see them mix up the way they run, which is something that, like, say, Chip Kelly in his heyday was doing. Say, hey, we're going to teach everybody how to run, um, like, we're going to run zone, like inside zone, outside zone. We're going we're gonna to run it from a lot of different formations, and that's going to be our variation. Like, you don't know where I'm going to stand, but 
to our guys, it's the same thing. We're always running inside zone. And the only thing we change is maybe a subtle blocking assignment. It's like, you know, instead of reading the tackle, we're going to read, I mean, reading the end, we're going to read the tackle. And that's a big change. But everything else is the same. Inside zone, these two guys hit, outside leverage, just everything, you know. So the play, the players are playing fast. They're not thinking. It's just a subtle execution, right? It's like basketball, pick and roll. Instead of, I know how to run a pick and roll, right? I know how to dribble. I don't have to re-practice how to dribble. But now I know that when I come off the screen, I'm going to attack the basket or I'm going to stop, put my foot in the ground, and hit this jumper, right? That you're not the yeah. <laughs> uh, I, what I saw, the biggest difference in terms of, um, I don't know if about execution, but but how they played, how the team played, or Texas did, between Charlotte and Middle Tennessee, I saw a big difference between the team. Uh, you know, the, the, the team that played against Charlotte was not tackling well, was not executing well, and the team that played against Middle Tennessee, uh, yes, they were playing against uh, uh, lesser talent, for lack of a better term, but they were also playing more aggressively. They're playing, they playing against a bunch uh, of scrubs, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> but, but they they tackled hard. It's yeah. best they tackled, I feel, all season long. So I'm hoping that translates, that, that they just needed some time through the system. I'm not saying that this this defense is going to get better, that, that you know they've been allowing 44 points a game. I'm not saying they're going to start allowing 15 points a game. I think there's going to be uh, some improvement on on you know letting the the hitting the quarterback four or five times and they're still running out to to make a big play mm-hmm. i think i think they're going to start hitting guys on the first time or maybe the second time and and bringing them down which was just a huge improvement uh so that's that's what i'm going to be looking for can is the defense going to be attacking aggressively and are they going to be stopping spencer brown and that rushing offense yeah i think that's what it all comes down to uh, again, North Texas, 16.5-point dogs this weekend. And uh, honestly, I still I still am 50-50 on whether they even play this game. Like, everything's lining up, right? Everybody feels like they're going to play. I mean, we've already crossed the Wednesday threshold. But I think everybody's getting ready to do their tests to determine whether or not, you know, it's cool to go play and whatever. Uh, we also don't know what it's like in Birmingham or what it will be like on Saturday. Just a lot of a lot of moving parts in this thing. Uh, we cannot forget that nationwide, uh, we are just, you know, going through another outbreak. Um, in like Texas, El Paso is like the big big uh, hot spot right now, but it's gonna get bad everywhere again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's honestly really bad in um, in El Paso. They're um, they're at requesting more mobile, basically morgues to be able to hold all the bodies that they haven't been able to, to autopsy and process uh, from from uh, these COVID deaths. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, with that in mind, if they don't play it, that's fine. I could always find something else to do. Um, and, you know, I'll maybe do another installment of that uh, North Texas football YouTube series. That's if YouTube works because YouTube apparently is going down. You know? <laughs> I'm going to learn some woodworking, man. I don't know. Um I think, uh, you know, I was going to say something about the last 10 minutes. Uh, We're a little over it, but I'll spend two minutes here. Number one, Scotty Walden leaving uh, Southern Miss. I thought, I'm not going to blame anybody for making the decision that is best for them. Like, I've done that in my own career where I'm like, yep, I know this 
project is starting, but they are offering me a 23% raise. And guys, I like money, so I'm leaving, right? Um, Smart move. Yeah, I get that. Um, But I also think that in the context of, like, say, college football, that you're expected, you're telling people the whole thing every day is like, it's not about you. It's about the team, right? Sacrifice what you want, your stats, your st- whatever for you. Sacrifice your body for the team, right? Make the block. It's going to hurt. I know you're 178 pounds and the linebackers, you know, 258, but you got to block them. So that way your teammate, your brother can make, you know, get extra yards. So in that context, I think that you have to think, you know what? This would be best for me, but I'm not going to think about me. I'm going to think about the team. And uh, by not doing that, I think you know, you're kind of undercutting your own message there, um, you know, in the world of football. And uh, so I can't really respect it in that way. But again, I can't hate the dude, whatever. He's like, look, Southern Miss is saying you can be an candidate, but not the candidate. Um, you know, and where Austin P is like, look, buddy, you're the guy, you're the def, you're the guy. Uh, I could see how you make that decision, especially in the pandemic, whatever, but I don't yeah. know. You want a paycheck, you need something secure and you know, they're asking you to take over this team, but they, they don't want to, they're, they're not going to promise anything for you in the future because yeah. the next guy that comes in, is not going to keep you. Yeah. And, uh, w- with him taking the Austin P job, I mean, their college football has short memory spans. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, I, Art, they were asking Art Briles to come back. Or <laughs> is Art Briles going to come back after a couple of years after that whole mess? No, that is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> well, Southern so Miss was actually was, asking him to come back. <laughs> I, yeah, for real. I mean, come on. Yeah. This is it's a no brainer. No. And so, for for something as as minor as this, I think people are going to forget about it real quick. Yeah, uh, well, I won't. I won't ever forget about it. I'm a hold it against them. And, uh, so <laughs> applied at your place, and you're gonna go no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, for me, it, it has come to the point in the pandemic where I was seriously considering buying electronic drums. Uh, just you know, like I just, <laughs> I was like, yo, I play that. I, I never really had, had, had. Are you? Do you play the drums? Have you ever played the drums? Not, not, not drums, no. I've no. dabbled, I mean, not dabble. I've just sat at somebody's kit and started messing with it. Yeah. That's it. The number one blocker of that is like sound, right? It's not like something you, you can doodle mm-hmm. on the guitar and not bother anybody, right? Like, maybe kind of play soft. But you can't really, <laughs> you can't really noodle on the, <laughs> the drum kit, right? I'm just going to play <laughs> a boom, boom, cat, boom, boom. You know, you can't do that. So uh, I was like, yeah, I can kind of, I was looking it up. It was like, it's quiet. It's compact. You can play with headsets. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, like headphones and like really get in there. Uh, so I spent like two hours. That's the point of the pandemic I've been in, right? I'm like, electronic drums, I could do it, you know? And what I was can like, I pick up? I was looking around the room. Like, we can move that out the way. I don't need that sofa there. I could just kind of keep it in the corner. Maybe I could pack them up. Anyway, so if you're wondering where it is, where I am in my own uh, you know, journey into the pandemic. That's that's where I be considering seriously buying electronic <laughs> drums. <laughs> I got a couple of in that point in the pandemic stories. Uh, first one being with the with the drums. I play guitar and and I play with my my kid or I play for her for my eight year old. 
just to spend time with her or, yeah. or it was past the time. Yeah. And so she's, she's broadening her horizons as music. And so she likes, um, um, what's the Ed Sheeran. She likes the pop music and stuff. Um, Katy Perry. And, and so I was like, okay, she likes Miley Cyrus. I will play wrecking ball for her. <laughs> and so I learned wrecking ball on the guitar and we sang it together. It was ridiculous. But we'll not do party in the USA though. Well, now you got to sing it, right? Now you got to sing the Ricky Ball on the show. <laughs> I don't have auto tune. I know, right? Uh, and the second one was that we've been through the pandemic. We've been doing movie marathons. Uh, yeah. We did all the Marvel movies, and we just finished the um, Star Wars movies. And what I found myself doing in like very critical moments, or or even like moments of death, I'm like, <laughs> do you understand what happened there? <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. Like, is she rea- I'm I'm looking to see if she re- is reacting emotionally. Like, uh, is there a connection there? Yeah. And with my five year old, I, I I know he's not really gonna notice it because he's five yeah. and he's not really watching. Uh, but, but on 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 one uh, when when a character died at the, towards the end of at the end of uh, Star Wars, yeah. I look over at her to see what's going on, and she's just bawling. <laughs> And I'm like, no, I can't do this to her. I can't do this to her. So I felt really guilty after that. So, yeah, I mean, she's uh, she's grown up. <laughs> I think, um, uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't quite got into that. I don't know. Like my kid, she'll get into like some of these other ones. She's like, I think what's enjoyable, I guess, about watching some of the bad movies is that like you don't know bad. Like the first movie you've seen is the best movie you've ever seen, right? Also the worst, but, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, this is it. Uh, so we went, you know, we, we went to the drive-in, we've seen this, that, and other movies, and it is kind of funny watching her. You know, it's pretty trite and overused the movie trope here, but she's like, oh, I can't believe they did that. That was him the whole time, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out he was the bad guy the whole time, and she's just kind of like, but he was, but he was the good guy. And then he was a bad guy, you know, just stuff like that. Like we were watching uh, Shazam like together, um, and uh, you know, like it was finally the part where Shazam's getting over on those like monster dudes, and he's like beating them up. And she was like, "Yeah, get him, get him again." Like she, you know, like she was in, <laughs> um, invested emotionally in that little arc there. Like for me, I'm like, "Oh, okay, so this is the part." You know, like like I expected it. I've seen it a thousand times, so it didn't do anything for me. But for her, you know, like it's their first journey through that, like the hero overcoming the bad guy and showing and she's just, you know, so it was cool to see that. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of cool. Those moments. I remember yeah. enjoying things, you know? So yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't feel bad about it crying a little bit. That's, it's part of it. You feel the emotions <laughs> and you're like, let's yeah. watch it again. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I wanted her ha- to have that payoff. I didn't expect her to cry. Maybe feel sad, but like, yeah. uh, for example, um, um, when, Darth Vader reveals that he is Luke Skywalker's father, spoiler alert, uh, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, what I did for that payoff is that at the end of, um, of the third movie, what's it called? Um, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Oh. oh, yeah, that's that's well, the, the sixth movie, number, but yeah. Number I three. You, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so when Padme is giving birth to Luke and Leia, I paused it and I skipped ahead so they wouldn't learn that. Yeah. So they would have the payoff, yeah. and I, I said, "Okay, 
did you see what happened there? You see what happened? She goes, oh, yeah, I knew that. Uh, when you paused it, after we finished Revenge of the Sith, I went back and watched it myself, by myself, <laughs> and, and saw that part. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you did what? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, uh, just keeping that in mind, I think there's a, I forgot the order. There used to be a name for it. On my old Deranged Penguin podcast, we talked about this. Where there's a there's like a way to watch it where you you know you kind of watch um, uh, episode four right A New Hope, and then you watch like the the two prequels, uh, and then you watch like uh, like the first two prequels you know what I mean, uh, and then you watch mm-hmm. um, you know Empire Strikes Back, and then you watch Revenge of the Sith, and then you watch the Return of the Jedi. Like, it's kind of like a step back. Because once you're like, you know, he's like, oh, shit, I'm your dad. And you're like, what the? And then so then you watch the third one. And then you see Anakin kind of doing the whole thing. And you're like, oh, oh, Ben. And then you watch the conclusion, which is Return of the Jedi. And you see the resolution of the whole series. Um, I think there's a name for it. I forgot. But that's that's kind of the guy, the way the guy said to watch it. So you watch A New Hope which starts out very hero's journey, right? That, that arc, new guy, whatever. At the end of that one, you're like, okay. So then you start the other ones and watch um, kind of Anakin do his thing. Or you could even watch all those three after Empire Strikes Back to kind of get the whole you know, story up to that point. Then the concluding part of the series, which is, you know, Return of the Jedi. Return of the wah, wah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's up to yeah. That I that is kind of a steal in the moment there, and that's that's a clear indication that they had no plan for it. They were just throwing it all out there. Yeah, I mean, you can't watch them. Yeah, you can't watch that Revenge of the Sith, and then it just completely steals Empire Strikes Back. Like, you know, what are you what are you doing? Yeah, the whole payoff there is is just just gone. Like, yeah, we we know this, we know this already. Yeah. So I mean that, but you know that's why you gotta watch them the other way, I guess. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening with us. Uh, I know it's been a long time. We had uh, we're, we're over here talking, whatever. We haven't even podcasted in a long time. Uh, a couple of things uh, as far as Conference USA Twitter and stuff has gone. Uh, I saw there's like a new Conference USA Discord. If you're into that, um, I mean. You know, whatever. In my experience, I've seen basically the older you are. Like, I came of age where if you were on the internet and you were going to check to see what people were doing, it was like on internet forums. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty... I haven't seen a new forum work for anybody in ages. Uh, but, like, there's, like, Slack. Like, there's a secret Mean Green Nation Slack. I thought about doing a Discord once just because I think, like, the Mean Green Nation Slack has kind of become exclusive right so then i was like well we kind of need like a general <laughs> chat one uh that's not twitter right because like twitter you know you're just yelling at everybody like the president's yelling at you and you know whatever um so i thought about it but the dude agent 49 uh he started discord so if you guys want to check that out also i know there's people that like reddit uh i know friend of the show uh friends of the show i know a couple of these guys started uh, I read it. I don't know if they're still running it because I'm not having, I'm not a big redditor, uh, even though I kind of read it here and there. So that's the latest and greatest conference USA news. If you're starving for conversation, that is where you can have more conversation, y'all guys. Anything else, ladies and gentlemen? Go, Mean Green.
Go Mean Green.